If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Rock Thomas. I'm the host of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And you might be wondering, why do I do this every single week? Why do I interview people and talk about the importance of money? Well, I'm here to help you create financial freedom and fulfillment, the whole life millionaire. If you're working harder than ever before and not seeing any progress, you're not alone. If you don't have a supportive environment or network to raise your personal standards of success, you're not alone. But I would like to invite you to jump on a call with somebody on my team so you can change all of that. Just head over to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and learn how you can take your life and business to the next level by being in the right environment, surrounded by the right people and with the right strategies. So go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's start taking your life to the next level today. We talk about the identity and the fact that the strongest force in the human psyche is this desire to remain consistent with how we describe ourselves. And on my show, I talk to people about the labels they've been given. And my guest today is a young, peppy, very, very bold, energetic individual. He defines himself as infinite. I'm someone that can create change in a massive scale. And uniquely, he's got a double major and he's got this experience with history. We're going to go all the way back to the 13th century. And we're going to talk about the Roman Empire and a few other cool things like that. So if that's in your lane, you're going to be really, really fascinated by the intelligence of Jeremy Slate. And he's also an individual that has a podcast called Command Your Brand very, very successful podcast. So you're going to probably check that out as well. And then in today's uh, very, very short and peppy uh, podcast, you're going to see him and I like to talk quickly and he's just going to dump a ton of wisdom in a short period of time. So put on your seatbelt and let's get to Jeremy Slate. Hey, Rock. I'm stoked to be here, man. Um, I've you know followed you for a long time and I appreciate you willing to have me on today. Well, you know, you are in a unique position during adversity, certain people rise to the occasion and whatever that adversity and you find yourself in a unique position today where you, you know, you're flourishing, but it all hasn't always been that way. Let's talk a little bit about your road to where you are today. How did, how did that all begin? So I actually have a double major in undergrad in Catholic theology and Torah, um, studied literature at New College, Oxford, and then uh, got my master's in early Roman Empire propaganda. All these are not very applicable like life skills. And I, I thought I was going to be a college professor. I applied to one school, which was NYU, um, didn't get in. So obviously I couldn't have wanted to get it that bad or I would have applied to more schools or worked harder to make that one accept me. And I actually got out of school in 2011 from undergrad. There was, it was a really bad economy. So I ended up painting houses and uh, managing a gym about 16 hours a day. So I was not really sleeping a whole lot doing that. Uh, at the time I was dating my current wife, ended up then getting a job teaching high school for a couple of years. It was a private school. So I didn't have a ton of teaching experience. So every day I was absolutely miserable. 
And then two years into that, my mom ended up having a really, really bad stroke. And it really just affected everything because my life, my, my family's a very close knit unit. And uh, to, to this day, my mom still doesn't have use of her language skills. She can't use the right side of her body. She hasn't been able to work since 2012. So it has been kind of a rough road, but it kind of snapped me to, to look for something different, man. Started with network marketing, which wasn't very good at, but I went from there to then selling life insurance, which I then ended up being pretty darn good at. I just didn't like telling people they were going to die. And uh, I sold products on Amazon, but ended up leaving my $1 promo code on my listing and losing all of my products in about 20 minutes. And I got to the end of that and I just kind of was like, well, you know, screw it. Um, I taught myself how to build websites from, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos and reading blogs and stuff and ended up working for a friend's web design firm. And about uh, a few months into that, I started a podcast as a hobby, took off and it saw 10,000 listens in his first 30 days, which led to us, you know, starting our company and everything else we're doing, man. Wow. That's a really <laughs> good story then in a nice nutshell. So I'm curious, you know, from network marketing, life insurance, Amazon sales, it's all sales oriented. Yeah. Now, I talk to people about, you know, we all want to do what we like to do, which is the fun stuff. So you could be a massage therapist or you could be a chiropractor, or you could be uh, um, somebody that owns a dry cleaner or whatever. Half of it's doing what you're doing, but there's another half finding the client. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that. What, was, what did you learn in network marketing, life insurance, and Amazon sales about finding the client? Well, you, you know, it's funny because I found that the thing I actually struggled with early on with network marketing is I ended up being really good at it. But the problem I ran into is you have this opportunity, right? And you're selling this opportunity. And I ended up trying to find a place in every person's life for my opportunity, which eventually kind of ruins a lot of your social interactions and things like that. So it, it really came down to you know, a willingness to find people that are actually looking for something. So it was going to the right networking events. It was attending the right events. It was speaking in the right places. So I actually did a lot more speaking then. I started using local media and local press and getting involved there. And I found out when I started building a following on a local level, you know, the right people I needed to connect with ended up being in my space. So it, it really, it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't think of building a personal brand on a local level but I had become very good at it. I was speaking at the Rotary Club and they actually sent me for two months to Peru to actually represent New Jersey and Peru and speak at 30 different Rotary Clubs down there. And it got me in, you know, local newspapers and all these different things. So I had become somebody that was known. So the right people started finding me. I was actually like attracting the correct people to me. What were you speaking on? I was speaking on personal development a lot because for me, I was somebody that I came from a small town, five-eighths of a mile in size. And my dad was a former professional baseball player that, you know, got hurt, you know, early in his career. So I was always somebody that I felt like I was never going to be good enough because I was always a decent athlete, but I wasn't great. I was somebody that, you know, always kind of quit right before I got there. And I had managed to, you know, push myself just through grit to do a lot of things that my small town, which was five eighths of a mile in size, didn't see happening. You know, a lot of people didn't even go to college that went there. So people were just interested to hear how me as a normal everyday guy had managed to make a lot of things go right for myself. And what would you say were some of the differentiators? Because a lot of people have the same identity you had is they're like, I'm not good enough. I came from a small town. I came from a big family. I didn't have any financial education. You have a huge, huge education. Mm -hmm. um, you obviously are a hungry student. 
But what were some of the things that allowed you to break out of the small town? So it, this is going to sound weird, but the thing that's worked really well for me is, you know, I, I have a huge background in fitness. I was a competitive powerlifter for a number of years. Um, I've had a huge background in history. I've had, you know, I traveled a lot and I, I've actually found that having this background in all these different things has, I, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert in really about anything, but I know a lot about, I know a, a little bit about a lot of things and that's allowed me to connect and make human connections with a lot of different people where other people just wouldn't do that because somebody can talk about something and I know enough about it to continue a conversation on that. Or somebody will bring up a topic and I'm aware of that in history and I can continue that conversation. So because I've known enough about people, I've been able to care more and show up more and you know, create those commonalities where just a lot of people haven't. And it's, it seems so weird and simple, but it's really just being willing to be there for that person and connect with that person on a human level. So your confidence when it came to re inter interactions with people was pretty, pretty strong then or did it became strong? It became strong. Initially, it was kind of bad. It was really bad, actually. I remember my first public speech, I didn't know what to do. So I put together this talk and it was like 180 minutes. And about three minutes into it, I could see the eyes glazing over at all the people staring at me. So it was one of those things that initially... I didn't know what I was doing. The more books I read, the more education I saw, the more I did, the better it got. But I, I find, and, and you've probably seen this as well, Rock, I find so many people do nothing because they think everything has to be perfect out of the gate. And it was talking to more people, continuing more conversations, getting better. And that's what the improvement was. Yeah, perfect is the enemy of done. And a lot of people don't realize that. They're so fearful of looking back, being embarrassed, being shamed. Um, that they, they, they can't really get their head around taking action. So let's talk about what, what, how would you define uh, failure? Then? Failure is an opportunity to learn, man, because I screwed up a lot. I've, I've failed so much on the way here, but then, you know, looking at each one of those things, like I've learned something from every single one of them. Like, you know, network marketing was my biggest breakout to personal development because it taught me to look for something more. It taught me to read a lot of books that I hadn't typically been exposed to. You know, I, I was, remember being younger and I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. And I know a friend that had said he wanted to be one. I'm like, oh, that means you want to be lazy, right? Because I came from a very hardworking background. I just didn't, it didn't compute to me. It didn't make sense. So I've learned something from each thing I've done, um, you know, like how to run a great meeting, how to connect with the right people, how to market. The greatest single thing I've ever learned from life insurance is not to be afraid of the phone, man. Like I had to learn how to make 50 to 100 to 150 phone calls a day with a lot of them hanging up on you very angry because you're bothering them. So like I've learned a skill from every single thing I've done. And even in terms of the, everything I've learned about marketing, I've learned when I'm trying to sell a product on Amazon and it's everything I do to this day. So failure to me is our greatest teacher and our greatest ability to create something further in the future. If you look at it that way, but I think some people look at it as a stop. I look at it as an ability to, you know, learn something from this and let's go on to the next thing, man. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Now, not everybody I get on my podcast is a historian like you are. So I want to dig into that a little bit because you've got, you know, Alexander the Great, Sam Walton. You've got um, L.R. Ron Hubbard. These are people that some people never get to read their stuff because mm -hmm. they read the more current stuff like yeah. uh, that, that comes out from, from people writing today. Tell us some of the things you glean from that. Anything you maybe saw in common, a commonality among some of these great people. 
Well, I, I like to study people that think of, of really big things. Like, for example, the, the gentleman that, that broke the, built the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, that's incredible, like, what they did in the late 1890s when Manhattan and Brooklyn, like, weren't even connected. So to see these big thoughts and people that put them into action is incredible. But I think also as well, you mentioned Alexander the Great. I think him and Cesare Borgia are two really great people for us to learn from, from a viewpoint of they had really altruistic goals when they started out. You know, they, uh, Cesare Borgia wanted to unite all of Italy because Italy was a bunch of small kingdoms at that point in time. This is uh, around the year 1300. And then he had as well, Alexander the Great, you know, when he died in 323, he had conquered the known world. These guys had, had an idea that they wanted to create this world where everybody was equal. They could do big things. They could, you know, be connected. They could all learn and grow. But the thing that you find is when people are operating on a level like that, it's a razor's edge. And what happened with Alexander the Great is he went hungry for power. And, you know, he killed one of his top generals. You know, he, you know, fractured a lot of what he created. And you look at Cesare Borgia, the guy went nuts for power. And, you know, that's what ended up being his, his downfall of Pope Julius. So the lesson is, you know, think big, have really big goals to help other people. But at the same time, keep yourself in check and know where that ethical line is. Because especially when you're doing big things, man, it's easy to cross that line. And I think that's the best example there. Beautiful. So what I'm hearing you say is that power is intoxicating. And, you know, Freud said that, um, sex isn't about sex, sex is about power. I don't know if that's true, but it's in the theme of what you just said. So how do you, how do you look at what we're currently going through in the struggle for leadership in this pandemic and the struggle for power and decisions and all that sort of thing? How would you say, do you think history repeats itself? Are we going through something we've gone through before? I, I think to a certain extent we are because, you know, you look at just what some of our leaders are doing and it, it's, I don't know how to say this other than they're trying to measure their manliness against each other. And, and I guess womanliness in some way, like, Oh, I have more power than you, or, you know, everybody look at me. I did this for you. And it's, it goes across the board. It's Republican, it's Democrat, it's, it's independent. It's a power struggle. And we've seen it happen again and again and again through history. You know, you look at the, the first, the first triumvirate, which was, um, which was Julius Caesar, Mark Antony and Crassus. These three guys, because they hated each other so much, it's one of the main things that drove Rome from being a republic to being an empire. And I think these are the things we have to realize. We have to keep our leaders in check because if we don't, we're going to run into these bad situations. So I think what actually, what actually sh shows to us here is as a voting populace and as people giving power to the people that represent us, we have to keep them in check and make sure they're actually answering to us, the people. And I think this is the huge lesson we have to learn from history. Yeah, I love it. One of your favorite quotes, fortune favors the bold, which kind of talks about that, right? Pivot and move on. You talk about also the fact that um, you're infinite. Your I, I am statements, I'm infinite. I'm someone that creates change on a massive scale. Where was that born or where do you remember that coming from? It wasn't something that I always thought was mine. You know what I mean? Because when I was younger, I, I feel like I was living a lot of other people's goals because my parents always wanted to be teachers. They always want to do a lot of those things. And I just kind of followed that path um, because it seemed like that was what was laid out before me and being a student was pretty easy for me. But it was once, you know, that moment hit when I realized like, you know, I could have lost my mom. At, at 19, I actually received last rites myself. Um, because I had a, a pretty bad lung issue and then told my doctors, you know, told my parents I wasn't going to make it. So four days after that, I snapped through that and it didn't affect me until that happened with my mom and kind of all this stuff 
hit me at once. And I realized, wow, is this the only impact I'm going to make? And when I realized that is when I really started looking at what can I do that's bigger? Does it have to be perfect out of the gate? It's not going to be, man. But you continue going, going, going. And I found even with our current business, like you don't know your goal out of the gate. You know your goal is to help people and to make money. And as you go, you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And now I'm like, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, the more people that are world-class we can help, the more people they touch, the more people I touch, the more success we can have. But I didn't know that out of the gate. It's just something that develops over time, but it was really hit by that single moment. Yeah, very cool. You're obviously a reader. You must be reading something now. Right now, um, I am reading, <laughs> we were talking about the banking system. I'm reading the Confessions of an Economic Hitman uh, about you know, the banking system. So I, I won't go too far into that one, but that's uh, definitely a rabbit hole type book. <laughs> definitely. So, you know, command your brand. Who do you serve and what exactly do you, what problem do you solve for those people? So we serve a lot of CEOs and founders and a lot of big visionaries in the health space. And really what we're helping them to do is to get the right positioning, get their message out and really communicate to their people. And we do that through the power of podcasting because you know as much as I do that podcasting is an incredible media for storytelling and connecting with the right people. So, you know, by getting them seen with the right hosts and seeing the right places, their positioning grows, which means they're, they're basically their public standing, their online footprint, a lot of these things but also the people that need to help need to hear them and that they can help, you know, are the ones that are being impacted because we have an ability in the podcast space to, to really grab exactly the public you want to be in front of. Like we have in no other medium. It's pretty incredible. And it, it, if you look at radio versus podcasts, um, the, the way they actually find statistics in the radio space is they take a survey of a thousand people and, and multiply that by the population. And they guess this has how many people that's listening to them. In podcasts, we have a really good idea based on charts, based on metrics, like who's actually listening. So you're actually getting an incredible bang for your buck. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're most excited about going forward. I'm honestly most excited about how we've been pushed, you know, by some, you know, bad things happening right now to do a lot more online. So it's really kind of pushed us to, to show the business we've built, how resilient it is, you know, people like yourself and what you've done, how resilient it is. So I'm excited for the future on, I feel like how we're going to go less towards the traditional corporate business model and more towards uh, people that are working from home, that are traveling more, that are, you know, able to control their own con economy in a lot of ways. So I think I see a bright future. I see a world in which we can control our own economy because really when you look at it, man, your only security is in yourself. Businesses change, economies change, but your only security is in yourself and what you can create. It doesn't sound like that bodes too well for hotels and the airline business. I don't know though, because I, I think for, the, for the, the hotel business, I think that is a business that does need to pivot quite a bit for the airline business. You know, if they're willing to play a game and figure out some ways to do cheap flights and things like that for people, people are going to have a lot more ability to travel if they're not stuck in an office all the time as well. True, true. And then there's still holidays and, and vacation and stuff like that and events. So um, what's the best way for people to be able to get hold of you if they want to learn more from you? Absolutely. So the best way is over at our site, which is commandyourbrand.com. Or if they want to check out anything on the personal brand side, that's over at jeremyryanslate.com. Amazing, amazing. So your energy is great. You've got a mom who's had a, um, a physical situation that happened. What do you do to keep yourself kind of like on track and, and really um, steady and strong in spite of the adversity? 
I'll tell you what, man, a lot of it comes back from fitness. Fitness has been one of my biggest things since I was like 13 or 14. Cause I, I, I was a wrestler in school and I struggled with an eating disorder from that. And the thing that actually set me straight was, you know, getting in the, getting in the gym and, and actually getting into competitive powerlifting. So I one, one time pulled an 80,000 pound army tank, which is pretty fun. Um, but for me, I start my day off with my workout first, you know, a good breakfast, a cold shower, which resets your body in the right way, some personal development reading and moving on. And if I'm handling my fitness and, and handling my morning right, the rest of my day is going to be great. So for me, if I can control that, I can control a lot. How do you get yourself to do that? Because a lot of people, they know what to do, but they don't do what they know. How have you been able to consistently, I know you grew up with it, so you're familiar with it, your body's conditioned to it. But there are people that are like, yeah, I'll work out tomorrow. What would you recommend for somebody like that? It's consistency, man. Like, cause like I said, I've been doing this since I was 14. I'm, I'll be 33 next month. So it's like, I've been doing this for, I think been doing it more years than I actually was alive when I started doing it. So, you know, looking at it that way, like it's a gradient scale, right? I think a lot of people look at it and they look at the extreme of this is where I want to be. Anybody that wants to get strong and get in shape, I call it, um, you know, it's, it's, if you can get five pounds stronger each week, that's how I benched 455. You know, if you can get five pounds stronger each week, that's how I squatted 705 pounds. It's linear progression, man. It's change after change after change, week after week after week. It took me years to get there, but you know, that consistency and that willingness to just go a little bit more each week, that's what did it. The success a lot of people think is a switch, but it's really a dial. It's, yeah, it's a dial and it's consistency, man. Small steps day after day after day and they pile up. Yeah, I love it. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here with your beautiful energy, your great smile <laughs> and your charisma and such, such a congruent individual. You know, I think a lot of people talk about uh, success, but it flows out of you. So I appreciate that about you very much. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Rock. And I also appreciate you being the 700th episode of my show. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. And, you know, during any adversity, this particular situation or any other ones, I think what we talked about today stands true for everybody. So I hope that you take the wisdom that Jeremy has shared with you. And if you want to connect with him, we'll have all his information in the show notes as well. So thanks again, Jeremy. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.